just here with a little disclaimer that we actually recorded this episode on Thursday and probably a lot of what we're talking about with Ukraine will feel you know, a bit outdated now as the situation is unfolding so rapidly and you know we've also learned some more about it so we discussed that up top and then about halfway through we discussed the situation uh in texas with trans kids and um if you want to you know skip the first part and just go to the second part that's totally fine the other thing i wanted to say is that both julia and i will be performing at union hall in brooklyn this thursday so we would really love to see you there i'm going to be performing an hour of stand-up and um it'd be great to meet you guys in real life thank you so much Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. I am Kate Willett. And I am Julia Clare. And I am uh, corresponding from my room with little Albert and little Pearl. Albert has a, a anxiety <laughs> and a UTI just like his mama. So, Oh my God. He has a UTI? It's not really a UTI. His urethra got irritated um, from stress. It's not an infection. This is some This is like, this is like WTF with Mar- Mark Marin. Marin always talks about his cat's <laughs> piss problems. I remember listening to that podcast way back and thinking that it was nuts and that he was too obsessed with his cats, and that was just like the before time for me before I could. Really I know. Understand. Yeah. Every morning I wake up and I think about how much I love my cat and I want to puke. Oh, little June. I had a terrible nightmare that my cats, I think it was because of what happened with June. I had a terrible nightmare that my cats were uh, being put into the foster care system that someone called CPS, but like for my cats and they were going to take them away and bring them to a foster home and I had to fight for them in court. I mean, as you, as you know, this is all too, it's all too close to home for me. I, but anyways um uh, we have we have bigger fish to fry this week not that yes. again yeah so that was just a little 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 fun before we get little little cat tangent which yeah, everyone has come serious. everyone has come to expect on the show we yeah. uh you know have to spend at least five minutes talking about our cats um, I, I again i wake up i want to puke i love her so much um but okay yeah. so <laughs> russia <laughs> invaded ukraine <laughs> Yeah, that's not good at all. And that's bad. Yeah. Um, Which is something that you think that everyone would agree with to start. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some people that think that this, they're like, you got like on your the right wing, like some uh, Tucker Carlson's and whatnot. I think, you know, Trump has expressed at least mild support for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, some f- fringe tankies defending this mm-hmm. you know i mean I, but to me it's like at least on the left the viewpoint that this is at anything except for horrible is like a, a pretty like 
frenzy viewpoint. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. And, you know, Kate and I were talking about this before we started the show, but, you know, we've both been following the confluence of events as much as we can, but neither of us are exactly experts on this. I would go so far as to say we could remove the exactly. I am learning about Ukraine as this unfolds. So no yeah. complicated uh, no complicated foreign policy takes here. Kate and I are dumb bitches who live for drama, and that's uh, that's the show, folks. But I think what we do, what we do feel strongly about is, you know, absolutely no U.S. military intervention. Absolutely fucking not. I do not want to see the U.S. military ever again. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is, I I was actually having this discussion. Did I talk about this on the podcast last week? I can't, I don't know. The, about how basically like over the past 40 years, the State Department has been hollowed out. And now I talked about this last week. And now all we have is military intervention for everything. The, the Joint Chiefs make all the decisions. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tired point, but it remains true um biden announced today that he is going to be imposing sanctions on economic sanctions on russia like i don't i don't know i mean the thing is is like sanctions you know including by people like aoc are are framed as you know just the a no-brainer or something Mm -hmm. but sanctions have real serious consequences for people like in Iran, you know, seeing people not be able to get food, medicine, I mean, crippling the economy of a country has an impact mostly on people who have zero to do with the conflict. So I don't actually think that it is a no brainer to do sanctions. Yeah, that's why I was kind of like hemming and hawing about them. I don't I mean, for a country like Russia, whose economy is a lot more diversified than Iran, it might make more sense. It might be like less devastating for them. But ultimately, sanctions have not shown to be very effective um, as a foreign policy tactic, uh, and by us, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well. It doesn't seem at this moment to me that we are, I mean, you definitely see some people starting to to beat the drum for war, um, but it doesn't seem like it is going in that direction at this point. By war, I mean, like, you know, country, U.S. involvement, um, yeah. us sending troops to Ukraine. Um, I just, I just think that there's no... There's no appetite for it from most people in the country. There's really, I mean, honestly, if you, th- there have been protests, there have been anti-war protests among Russians uh, yeah. popping up saying, like, we don't want to go to war with Ukraine. Uh, we shouldn't be invading Ukraine, whatever. Um you know, whatever the Russian equivalent of the pussy, pussy grabs back sign is. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the Vladimir Putin <laughs> pussy hat. But um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, I mean, um, yeah, this has been a, an all time day for bad takes. Um, 
some some of the top ones I've seen is that Biden should invade Cuba. That was pretty spectacular. Um, and Vlad- that came from Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I haven't seen. I didn't see. Anyone- I haven't seen. I, I I've had Glenn muted for a while now. I can't. I don't know what he's uh, what he's saying. He was popping off about vegan shit the other day. Vegan I, stuff? Yeah, he's vegan. He's an animal rights activist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, God, <laughs> why is it always the worst? I mean, not that like uber carnivores are doing any better with your, you know, your Jordan Petersons and your your Joe Rogans, but God, we have some uh, we have some real losers in our midst. Yeah, and you know, it was okay. So back to the bad takes today. Uh, Putin has white privilege. Um, yes that was the funny attacking him (laughs) kate sent me that earlier this morning and it made me laugh so hard yeah i mean it's yeah it's just like what's the wait actually can i we we have to read the whole tweet I feel bad because this is like a like a smaller account. Or okay, we won't read but, the tweet. We but, won't read the tweet. Yeah, but, but it was like, but it was, but yeah, it was basically in the vein of this is all happening because Putin has white privileged. Yeah, and then by ex- by extension, it would be racist for us to not start World War Three right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he or he benefits from white privilege, which is truly, uh, it is just. The takes are bad. Yeah, and there was like a slam. Some woman wrote a slam poem about how she wished that she was Vladimir Putin's mother so that she could have loved him more. She uh, wrote and performed it. She made a video of herself performed it, performing it rather. Um, it was incredible. Like you just don't. It starts off at an eleven. It's just you. You think it's going to be a normal video, and then all of a sudden it was like Vladimir Putin. I wish. I had been your mother. <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty, it was pretty deranged. Um, but I think that, you know, kind of some more, like the more sort of like serious concerning ones that, um, you know, obviously people beating the drum for U.S. military involvement. I still don't think that that's going to happen, but, it, you know, it could become more realistic at some point. I don't I don't either, particularly for the time being, especially because the people who are beating that drum are like pretty solidly right wing. And I just don't I, I don't see even like establishment Democrats. I don't see them taking up that mantle. Well, OK, I mean, they're being like a, so I have seen it start to happen. Like Adam maybe I'm sh- wrong. I mean, I'm truly I'm I'm always wrong about this shit because I establishment democrats never cease to amaze me with how backward their thinking is at times yeah i mean like i I haven't seen anyone say it super directly but it's like if you look at the lead up to the iraq war like similar kinds of statements as were made at the beginning like i saw adam schiff yesterday I, i don't remember exactly what he said but you know basically you know strong action severe action um, let me see if I can pull it up, but it's, you know, I even saw like AOC this morning was tweeting that, you know, Congress should not, uh, there shouldn't be war military involvement without 
congressional authorization like as if that is the issue you know like she's making a process criticism of like well you know we have to do the paperwork right if we're gonna have a war where well i think absolutely not you know yeah no totally and i don't I, i don't think that I, I think that's more of a comment on it. I obviously I can't speak for her, but I think that seems to be more of a comment on like the unilateral decisions that have been made uh, in the past few wars, how it hasn't had authorization, like congressional authorization. And I think that the point of that is, is that I don't think that it would get congressional authorization. I don't think so either at this point, but you know, things could change. I mean, here, okay, I also don't, I don't think AOC is a war hawk. <laughs> I don't think that she's a war hawk, but I don't th- no, I don't think she's a war hawk at all, but I don't think that she is, you know, the, the strong anti-war resistance that we would, we would hope for, you know, longer yeah. debate. I don't, I don't think that she, I mean, I think that we haven't seen her go, full on against U.S. military intervention in the way that mm-hmm. I would expect from a yeah. socialist in Congress. Oh, here's what here's the tweet I was talking about from Adam Schiff. The Biden administration has delivered serious consequences for Russia following its invasion of Ukraine, but we must be prepared to go further because all indications are that Putin won't stop without more punitive measures. We must meet this challenge head on and stand with Ukraine. So, you know, I mean, it's ambiguous what he means but mm-hmm. when people are talking about like serious consequences you know it's I, they're they're definitely leaving the door open for military action i think yeah it's bad um and you know they'll i'm sure at some point say well military intervention doesn't necessarily mean a full-scale war uh it could just mean sending a few hundred troops over there or something like that a few thousand troops um but i just don't i mean it's a bad situation it's a it's a bad situation all around it's just that like the united states has never the world has never benefited from the united states no that's not true uh, doing military intervention. I was going to say, I was going to say the world has never benefited world war two, maybe, uh, well, that's the thing is an, ex- an exception. I mean, that's the thing is, it's like, I think that, you know, most people would agree that, I mean, most people even on the left would agree that the, the U S participation in world war two was yeah. justified and necessary, but then it gets, that gets brought up again yes. and again and again like that is the the, kind the of, straw man yeah yeah and it's totally. like there just there has not been that situation okay since World so War let's II. say in the last 70 years the 60, longer than your dad has been alive longer than my dad has been alive yeah u.s military intervention has never helped anything in the world and that's that on that <laughs> I think that um, so the pathway theoretically for like what would make U.S. involvement like necessary, like would make it automatic, I guess. Um, I don't want to say necessary because morally I don't mean morally necessary. I mean, like that by treaty, they would be obligated to act is, yeah. you know, if Putin uh, if, if if Putin invaded you know even just 
on a little tippy top, like to bomb a supply line or something of a NATO member state, um, you know, Poland, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. If, if like, let's say for example, supplies were coming in from Poland and mm-hmm. Putin were to like, you know, yeah. <laughs> cut off uh cut off some supplies but led, like sort of step a toe into, into poland then all of a sudden all the he's he's then at war with all mm-hmm. of the countries in nato and but he's not like i don't think that putin is like insane like i don't think that he's totally rational but i don't think that like i think that this is a calculated decision that he has made i obviously think it's a horrible decision like from a moral standpoint but i think that you know, he sees for a number of strategic reasons that this is like a good time for him to attack. Um, Yeah. And he's been, I mean, he's kind of, he's just been circling this drain for quite a few years now. He's been like inching ever closer towards this. and Um, And I don't deign to make it seem as though I understand the breadth and depth of this geopolitical situation because I don't. And part of it, I have to say, is kind of like a self-preservation thing. I can only engage in this so much. There has been, not that this is not supremely important obviously it is it's like a global issue it's like my friends in the uk and france and germany are all like tweeting about this too um but there's also been so much like domestic stuff going on in uh in the past week that i'm like i can only and my fuck and my dad is sick i can only take so much i can only like expend so much of my personal grief and headspace to Russia and the Ukraine, unfortunately. Not that I don't think it's very important. I obviously do. I understand what you mean. I mean, it is really hard to be, I think, you know, it's, it's challenging to follow the news on this because, you know, if you look at like you know any of the mainstream news sources on it like they're all sort of biased in a way that is beating the drum for imperialism Mm -hmm. if not war Mm -hmm. and you know there's i mean like it is sort of hard to to put together a perspective that is like cogent i think like Mm -hmm. because you know you have like the you know the super mainstream news sources and then stuff that you know it's just like it's hard to know if it's accurate or not you know i mean like there are things that we know for sure like that the u.s backed a coup in 2014 in ukraine which is like a big part of how we got here and that's not to say that that excuses russia's actions whatsoever it absolutely doesn't you know the u.s expanding uh, or I'm sorry, NATO rather, you know, expanding up to Russia's borders. That is one reason that the conflict has been heightened, but it's like right. none of it, none of it excuses what's going on here. But like, my point is, is that, you know, like all of this sort of like 
reasons that this is happening, how we got here, how the U.S. has, if not not caused it, but you know, participated in it, escalated it. You Certainly, know? fan fan the flames. Yeah, as it, as, uh, as our country is wont to do. Like that information is like is is purposefully obscured from people to you know further u.s imperialist aims Mm -hmm. yeah and that context is really important um yeah the entire history of nato is uh similarly muddled and yeah i mean it's just the last thing that most of us want is another military conflict i i mean i think the difference but going back to your point of what adam schiff said obviously that fucking sucks and he is a like i i would it's the kind of rhetoric that i would expect from him quite frankly um but i think the difference between i hope that this is the difference but good lord I think the difference between the events leading up to the the U.S. invading Iraq was is that the Iraq war has happened and it's and we're still not fully like the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan have put such a sour taste in like everyone's mouth. I really this is why I just think that they're. I think it would be a lot harder of a sell, not only to Congress, but to the American people. Yeah. After, you know, I we've been at war almost my whole life. <laughs> wow. Thanks for just um, pointing out how young you are. Thank um, you. I'm so young. Yeah. But um, no, I, I, I agree with you. I still think that there are, I still think that like after, you know, a big media push. You could oh, manufacture yeah. the consent for for a war. Um, I'm I'm not saying that there's that there's no appetite. Um, the, clearly clearly there is, and I wouldn't be so concerned if I thought that there was like really no chance. Um, obviously there is, and um, you know, our country's posture is aggressive. I do think that this is going to have consequences for the U.S. left. And you can already sort of see the rhetoric starting to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a way, it's kind of an extension of, you know, Russiagate of like, you know, all all leftists, like that any opposition towards, you know, sanctions, or if we get there, it is going to be like, oh, these people are supported by Putin. This is Russian disinformation. Like, it'll be a different strategy than um, was used to manufacture consent for the yeah. Iraq war. But one thing I also think is different compared to Iraq is that, if I'm being really cynical, we knew that Iraq did not have weapons of mass destruction. And we know that Putin does, right? Like, I, yeah. I think that there is... Like a, a war with another nuclear power is very scary. So I, right. I think I think people do not want that. And I think that, that, you know, a lot of like older generations are very traumatized by the Cold War, which was still going on when I was born because I'm not as young as Julia. But <laughs> some yeah. might argue that the Cold War is still going on. How yeah. about that? I'm a 
I'm a cultural commentator. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that, like, the, the idea of, like, these nuclear armed states being, like, in an actual war with each other is, is pretty terrifying to people. And I think that Putin kind of low-key threatened that he would use nuclear weapons, which, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think that you can take anything that guy says at face value, nor should you take anything that a world leader says at face value. But, uh, you know, it's like, I don't want to see if he's telling the truth. That's mm-hmm. not something that I'm particularly, like, excited to find out or test, you know? So, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also, I mean, Russia has nukes. The we have nukes. Ukraine has none. They gave up all their nukes. Yeah. In exchange for a promise that they would not be attacked by Russia or the U.S. That's right. Um, but and isn't that fun? I mean, yeah, mutually assured destruction. That old Cold War chestnut. That's still a thing, right? But, you know, so it's like, most likely we're not going to have nuclear war. That's That seems unrealistic. I think the people who are worried about that, you know, maybe are putting a little bit of the cart before the horse at this time. But at the same time, I prefer to go a whole day without thinking about even the slim possibility of nuclear war. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like... This is why my daily affirmations have to be, I love my cat so much I'm going to puke. Because <laughs> if I don't do that, I'll fall to pieces. So, um, yeah, we want to talk about the the bill, or not the bill, the directive in Texas for a second. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Um, so in truly heinous news... Um, Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, uh, released, um, a memo, a directive, whatever you want to call it, relating to trans kids, um, kids under the age of 18, um, who have the support of their parents and have received, like, hormone therapy and, gender reassignment surgeries that will now be considered child abuse and those parents are subject to arrest and basically all state employees including nurses and teachers are anybody in a mandatory reporting position right they're considered mandatory reporters and they have to report any trans kids that they see or that they come in contact with. And so I will read, I will read this uh, directive to, from Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, to the Texas Department of uh, Family and Protective Services. Uh, And it's to the commissioner of that agency, Jamie Masters. Dear Commissioner Masters, consistent with our correspondence in August 2021, the Office of the Attorney General has now confirmed 
in the enclosed opinion that a number of so-called quote-unquote sex change procedures constitute child abuse under existing Texas law. Because the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services is responsible for protecting children from abuse, I hereby direct your agency to conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of these abusive procedures in the state of Texas. As OAG opinion makes it clear, it is already against the loss to subject Texas children to a wide variety of elective procedures for gender transitioning, including reassignment surgeries that can cause sterilization, mastectomies, removal of otherwise healthy body parts, and administration of puberty blocking drugs, or boy, do I not know what this word is, sap. Uh, something something doses of testosterone or estrogen. Uh, Texas law imposes reporting requirements upon all licensed professionals who have direct contact with children who may be subject to such abuse, including doctors, nurses, and teachers, and provides criminal penalties for failure to report such child abuse. There are similar reporting requirements and criminal penalties for members of the general public. And it goes on. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, some fucking horrifying stuff. Uh, it's, hor it's absolutely horrifying. I mean, it's th like the idea that if you allow your child to live as the gender they are that they will be potentially even removed from your home yeah and you will face criminal charges i mean that's just absolutely disgusting and i mean it's just like this man is absolutely fucking heinous i i i don't i don't know i well, I think what was really heartbreaking is when that decision was released, uh, I saw, you know, on my timeline, like a bunch of parents of trans kids in Texas who were like trying to reach out to one another and for support because they were scared. Um, it like makes me want to cry right now. Just like even even thinking of that. But yeah, it's been like a re it's a really it's a really hard thing to watch happen, um, especially in the context of, you know, like the six-week abortion ban in Texas as well that doesn't account that doesn't give exemptions for rape and incest. So you know, forcing an underage rape victim to carry to term is not child abuse, but letting a child transition like they want to is in the state of Texas. It's just like what new horrors can be unleashed in this fucking country? The, the issue of trans children specifically, what, you know, what medical care they should be allowed to get. I think that a lot of people don't realize like what a huge, huge, talking point this is among the yeah. right wing yeah um even like you know like idw kind of like you know skeptical joe rogan type guys i mean like they are truly fixated on this issue of trans children um i mean jesse signal is a guy that gets a lot of 
you know well, cuz he, he wrote he, he wrote that Atlantic cover story and he's made a whole career of it yeah. like you know he has this podcast with Katie Herzog block blocks are imported and you know from what i understand it's a huge talking point for them you know he's gone on you know Joe Rogan to talk about it there's this other woman named um Abigail Schreer who also wrote this moral panic book about oh, like right. oh we're the, you know we're losing our daughters it? Yeah, what is it called? Like irreversible damage? That's, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I but saw like that. this, you know, like the way that this issue is portrayed in right wing and even center right media uh, is like, you know, basically that, you know, all of these kids are just deciding to uh, change their gender because it's cool. And step one is them having uh bottom surgery you know like like they they just say i'm trans and then they're handed a bottle of hormones it's just not true yeah and and also that it's like you know that this is something that you know is like you know just kind of a a like trivial issue i mean like suicides among trans youth are so high so high and you know i like a, a lot of that i like i mean imagine like being forced to live as a gender that you aren't you know yeah. and you know especially go through puberty as a gender that you are not you know and and it's like ultimately this is a real like none of your beeswax issue if you are not a trans child or the parent of a trans child mm-hmm. but these people i mean it's like you know, among the kind of like anti-woke, you know, like Barry Weiss, Jordan Peterson, Jesse Signal, like all of these people that have made a career. The, the off, Quillette crowd. Yeah. Like all the people that have made a career off this, like the issue of, you know, trans kids specifically is their biggest fundraiser. And I think that that's like a thing that not a lot of people would have like really even thought about or cared about because it's like a very, very, very tiny group of people. And Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, just to your typical, like, you know, old kind of right wing person, like they, they, they might not even know any children whatsoever, you know? So it's like, at least they're not related to, um, but they have like pushed this so hard as like this kind of like woke litmus test. I mean, I, I, I'll just, I'll like be vulnerable here and say that I have kind of like internally gone back and forth on this issue. Definitely not to like one side of, oh, it should be banned, but like, you know, I can understand people's reservations of, you know, giving the like developmental state of a teenage brain, um, that, you know, isn't fully developed in terms of like impulse control and things like that and decision-making, I can understand wanting to prevent kids from doing um, something that would be really hard to reverse if they changed their mind. But this, this actually, like this directive actually made it pretty clear for me that I would never like despite my own kind of like questions about it i would i this is this is heinous yeah it's absolutely heinous and i mean and i think that like for families that are making these decisions you know 
I would imagine that most families are making these decisions like very carefully and, you know, with people that, you know, with children that have been expressing that they are transgender for some time. I really Mm -hmm. doubt that it's just like, I, I feel like there's probably like zero cases of somebody coming home from school mentioning gender dysphoria for the first time and then right starting oh totally 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 i and i think that what whatever her name is abigail schreer yeah uh she you know they use a lot of misleading statistics like she used a statistic about how there was a 4400 percent increase in um girls cis girls uh trans boys uh, being referred to gender clinics in the UK. And I mean, a 4,400% increase sounds like so much, but it's from like 15 years ago when, you know, the, it's compared to like 15, 20 years ago when it was just not available, like gender clinics barely existed. And also all like if you take that the the number of um, cis girls, trans boys referred to gender clinics amongst the entire population of British cis girls, it's point zero zero three percent. It's like such a tiny amount. It's so small, and even I mean, I think trans folks in the u.s it's like half of one percent yeah i mean it's this is just an issue that it's blown way out of proportion exactly and and, you know natalie Wynn. actually i would uh, i really recommend her videos um one about jk rowling one about one called gender critical um one called trans trenders it's kind of all about this kind of deconstructing and debunking these ludicrous arguments and she says and it's you know i think she she referenced this book called like the anatomy of prejudice or something um but it usually comes it's it's usually a form of backlash and i think it's like the more that they see trans people in everyday life in media it's just like this kind of bigotry is just a really insidious form of backlash yes i agree with all of that and to you know to yes and not to disagree like you know people like there is there is a lot of money to be made in transphobia 100% 100% this is like this is you know like this issue like you know being transphobic and you know specifically talking about trans children Mm -hmm. like is like that is the the go-to for all of the like cancel culture grifters be like oh I'm you know I'm saying what nobody's saying yeah and you know it's like this is just something that I think like just a lot of people would have not would not really be be thinking about like it wouldn't be like a cultural issue if not for this 
this somewhat small group of people, small mm-hmm. yet too large group of people that like, you know, is just cashing in on this shit. You yeah. Know? Well, it's, I think that there are some parallels between that and the like anti-vax <laughs> movement as well. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, Again, it's just like there is a lot of money to be made in grifting, which is what this is. Yes. Yeah, we got to get better at grifting. I don't mean transphobic grifting, just grifting in general. Get those Patreon numbers up. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think you and I need to get into grifting and really reclaim the space. So anyway, it's kind of a depressing week you know lots of bad news but you know, we do hope that you are uh, taking care of yourselves and your cats please take care of your cats um i will certainly kate and i will certainly be very busy with ours yes um but yeah well yes a very sad week all right <laughs> see you later i'll see ya thank you so much for listening to reply guys if you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash reply guys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians, with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley this land was made for you and me this land is your land this land is my land